The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better, and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Everyone, this is Tanner with the Trey Thrive Podcast. I got my good friend, Skylar Stewart here. He's a real estate mogul painting company owner he'll probably mow some lawns too takes anything that comes his way what's up man happy to have you here today <laughs> oh hey tanner uh yeah thank you for having me on and uh you know, that was absolutely man it's inspiring man so you know we're in the middle of the the big covid 19 man and i really wanted to put some content out there you're a creative guy man you're always thinking above the line um ahead of the curve so first, before we get into what it is that you're doing to stay busy, tell us a little bit about what you got going on on the business side of things. You know, still got PGH painters going. What's that looking like for you, man? What do you, uh, what's, what's your business model look like? What do you primarily do? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So uh, to give you a brief overview, we've been in business. It's going to be our third year um, here, just, just starting to ramp up into the busy season. Um, but that's on a, uh, a slight detour, as I'm sure many other people are, with the, uh, the COVID-19 epidemic going on. So I actually started about about two years ago. We did our first year. We, we only did interiors. Um, we slowly transitioned to exteriors. Um, in the busy season, I personally run about six to eight guys, and we have two vans. Um, so as soon as the busy city is going, we're, we're pretty much focusing on exteriors in about two houses at a time. Um, right now I have two guys on the payroll. Um, we, I'm, I'm actually located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So we get really slow in the winter. Um, that's definitely something I'm, I'm sure trying to work on. on Absolutely. Push that out. And and one thing that I like, man, is that, you know, even though you are slow, you find ways to keep these guys busy because you also, or in the house flipping game. And primarily the reason why I was excited to get you on here is because, you know, that is a really great way not only to keep your team busy, but for some uh, some residual income. So what's that house flipping game look like, man? What are, what are some major hurdles you've overcome? And uh, maybe somebody who's listening to this is a contractor who wants that second stream of income really scared to jump in um what are some you know some lessons some advice what can you tell us a little bit about that house flipping that you're doing right now well first of all um if you're really looking to get into it i'd hop on listen to some podcasts just like you're trying to get educated here um go out to your local you know real estate investor meetups they're ria um and if you get together with a lot of those guys they're they're willing to help you um it's still super easy to find money to fund deals. Um, so like the deals that I'm doing, I'm, I'm on my third deal right now and I'm only really needing to bring like 10 to 20 K to the table. Um, that's in Pittsburgh where the, most of the houses I'm looking at are around like 150 K. So it really depends on your market. Um, but as long as you have some general 
you know, handyman knowledge. Like I started out doing my first, my first rental, um, about a year ago. And I really didn't know anything except painting. And I, I kind of learned a lot and I knew I could do it myself. So I, I just jumped in and decided to go for it. And, uh, I spent about the first, like I spent four or five months working there every single weekend. Um, kind of scraping by and, and just getting it done and you know that property is great now i mean i'm i'm making almost nice. 700 a month from that and the property that i made next to it um and passive income that's after insurance wow. mortgage all that stuff so it's really nice to have it now and uh we're actually about three weeks into the, the next project we just started uh another flip and this one i've hired out most of it i'm over there doing a few little things cleaning up a little bit but we've kind of switched all yeah so kind of just kind of just like starting a business i mean you know that reminds me of when i started my painting business and it's like you know i i I did not even know how to paint the outside of a house when i started my painting business i literally learned from somebody who i hired to help me and you know i think that that says a lot about you know, the process, because, you know, the process is what really deters people from jumping into a new opportunity endeavor and really said stay in power. So you were in it for four months, grinding, uh, really just learning the ins and outs of the process. You've learned the process and now you're coming up with a system. You're in a stage now where you're coming up with a system to bring in these subcontractors and now you're able to project results it sounds like so you're seeing okay this this house can yield me this result based off of you know these expenses and you know certain things like that so you know it's it's pretty cool that it's coming full circle for you yeah yeah it, it really has and i'll say that you know on that first house like if i really were looking work out my hourly rage i was probably making a few dollars <laughs> an hour all said and done but uh, I mean, the knowledge right. that I've gained and you know, the money I'm making on the one I'm doing right now, I'm going to be making a lot more than that. And uh, it's it's kind of just building on the process. You know, I hope to be doing hopefully about 10 of these houses a year. Um, we'll see how the, the COVID thing has me a little worried. But, you know, in the, in the next coming years, that's well, that's, that's why real estate is such a good deal. investment, because it's tangible. You can feel it. You can touch it. Uh, the market might go down, but. Hey man, your house is always there. It always has value. Um, so that's, you know, still a, still a great investment either way, no matter what happens, you know, so with, you know, with, uh, COVID and everything going on now, you still have an obligation to your employees. So you're, you're keeping them busy on the houses that you're working on currently, correct? Yeah. So currently we have a, you know, the, the project we're going on now and, uh, we are still doing a little painting, um, up in Pennsylvania, we actually had a work shut down, so you had to apply for a uh, a uh, emergency work permit, and basically we're we're permitted to work in empty homes. So we're kind of doing uh, virtual conferences with our with our customers. They're sending me measurements and photos, um, and I'll even kind of hop on Facetime with them just to walk them through our process, and uh, you know, kind of get that sales aspect in there because I don't like sure. shooting off of the price it usually doesn't go over too well so i've been doing a few of those um we're trying to keep busy with like office jobs um but our primary market is uh you know residential repaints and it, it is it's those really 
stopped or be non-existent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's going to be the biggest transition is getting people comfortable again. Um, And I think, you know, we're never going to get that feeling. And I don't believe so within the next eight to 10 months that it's just like, okay, everything's good now. It's going to be a gradual thing that's always in the back of our minds. And I think that, uh, you know, the more creative you can be about how you approach estimates, homeowners, customers, maybe even making the transition to really focus the marketing on exteriors um, is just uh, it's just a course for survival. I mean, you know, even with two employees, you're still responsible, you know, and, you know, they have a paycheck that they need to make. So it really falls on your shoulders, you know, how you approach the coming months. Um, so how are you balancing both, you know, the houses and, you know, trying to find paint jobs? What is it, what has worked for you? Um, it really comes down to trying to schedule my day. Um, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I, I try to sit down and write an idea of what I want to get done each hour. So usually that I'll focus, uh, you know, a few hours on either going and doing some estimates, writing up some estimates, um, or just looking at some marketing I can do. Um, I've been trying to reach out to general contractors I know that are that have office buildings, stuff like that, to, to fill the schedule. And then uh, later in the day, I'm usually meeting with subcontractors on on the flip I'm doing, or just running around materials, yeah. stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, that. it just sounds like being proactive. You know, um, when you first started, you just you weren't just doing painting, right? I think you know. I mean, we've been, I mean, we've been friends for I think a little over two years now, man. And uh, I think in the beginning, yep. what were you doing, man? What, what were you? What was your focus on? I think you were kind of doing like all over the place. Well, I was all over the place, and I actually, when we first met, I was actually working okay. for a handyman, like as an apprentice a laborer. So. Yeah, I was an apprentice. He he kind of went around. He did everything from electrical, plumbing, drywall, put your kitchen in, put your bathroom in. So I was all over the place, um, getting a little bit of knowledge okay. everywhere. Um, but I, I'd recommend focusing on one thing. You know, I I spent the past almost. I've been getting into the real estate, but I've really tried to focus on on the painting. And you know, I when I started painting, I really I really didn't know anything. And now a lot of the people that are on my team have 10, 20 years experience. And I really let them kind of take the reins um, on how to, how we, how we approach the projects. I, I take their input and I adapt it into. Yeah. And I think processes. that that's smart leadership, man. You know, you never want to come across that, you know, everything. Uh, Cause we don't, <laughs> um, and, you know, and that, and that's okay, man. Yeah. Letting people play to their strengths is something that I, that I've used strategically to build my business. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, I didn't even know how to paint the outside of a house. And, uh, you know, for me to say that now, you know, I think like, man, you know, like I was such a novice, but I just never hesitated to ask to allow people to take the lead on certain things. Even though I'm the owner of the business, I had no problem with somebody else saying, hey, you know, actually, we should do it this way. Um, and really, the idea was to do the best job for whoever it is that we were working for. Um, and that's proved to be still valid today. I mean, even the other day, I mean, I'm three years into my painting business and one of my guys said, yeah, that was a bad idea to use this specific product on, you know, this specific surface. You need, you should have ordered this 
you know, I'm going to go order it now, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, you know, that's cool. Yep. Whatever, man. You know, that's totally fine. Thanks for telling me, tell me again the next time something like that happens. So, you know, it's, that's our, that, you know, it's an attribute to, you know, your leadership. What are the, what are the plans for you like to grow, man? Are you planning on expanding the painting business if things pick up or what is like, what is your vision for long-term or are you really just going to focus heavily on the real estate game? Um, well, we're still, we're still fully focused on growing the painting business. We've been, we've been putting, putting a lot of time right now into our, our Google ads campaign this winter. Um, and, and like fine tuning that to really hit the market we want to hit. And we're really focusing on attracting those a level customers and we want to treat them with really the highest level of customer satisfaction. And I've been trying to reach back out to them, you know, every few months, um, I'm trying to get these people on Facebook, um, send them cards, and really become almost part yeah. of their life and just yeah. remind them about me. I like that. Um, because when I've gotten into a few sections around my city, and once we get in with those really good people, all they know is people just like them, and they're willing to pay for for a good job. Um, and there's they're never really any headaches, and you know they're not gonna they're not gonna yeah. bust your balls. Yeah. What would you either. say? So, is most attractive to the A-level customers because, you know, we don't know what an A-level customer is until, you know, obviously we can judge them based off of the size of the house. We could judge them on, you know, the difficulty of what it is they want done because my definition of an A-level customer really, and, and, and this is just like the most simplest definition, but I think that if you set your sights on looking for someone like this, your life will be easy as a contractor. And my definition of an A-level customer is somebody that places high value on quality work and recognizes what all goes into being able to produce that quality work in a time frame that is acceptable. You know what I'm saying? It's like they they recognize the mm-hmm. processes. They recognize like, they recognize the cheerful phone greeting. They recognize the being on time. They recognize the really nice sales approach. They recognize the really nice sales templates. They recognize all this stuff and they say, you know what? If I'm getting all of this before the, the actual project, then I'm, I have high chances. There's a very high chance that I'm going to get a really good project that's worth paying a little more than the other competitor. You know what I'm saying? Is that kind of what you would identify as an A-level customer? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, that customer, they, they're not – their main thing they're not looking at is in price. They want, it, they want something that's going to be easy. You know, it's – you know, we're providing high-level product, but I'll be honest. We're not the highest-level sure. painters in our area. Um, there are people customizing and like high end work. You know, we're we do we do a great job. Um, I think we do it for a, a fair price, but we're we're super easy to work with. You know, we're the guys you call and you know you can send you you and your family can go on vacation and you don't even have to yeah, think about everything will be done exactly. And everything's gonna be done great. Um, and that's and all those things, all that presentation, that's that's what tells them that right. that's gonna that's gonna happen. And then once you provide that to one customer that's like, hey, I'll, I'll go on vacation and you come pay my house, then you have that level of trust and that trust transfers to all other people Absolutely. in their friend network. 
So when you when you're gonna call from them, it's not even a question. They're not calling anyone else. Um, they just yeah, absolutely. And I think it. that I've built my company with that focus of if I give you my word that something's gonna be done, I will go until the end of the earth to make sure that I make sure that it's gonna get done. And it's not because of any other reason, but that's just my standard. And that's the standard that I built my company. Like, if something needs to be done, you know, we'll pay for it. We'll do it. Whatever has to be done to make sure that, you know, you're 100% or as close to 100% satisfied as possible. And, um, you know, that is what is going to breed success. But, you know, kind of getting back to it, you know, the A-level customer may have had a bad experience before and recognizes now what it takes to make sure uh, they, they're going to have a good experience. So maybe they are paying for trust, but we're also making the investment as high level contractors to provide that trust. And that starts with, you know, that presentation, those proposal templates, those, the sales process. And then the people that we allow into our circle are workers, the people that we trust to, you know, represent our trust, you know? So there's a lot of different things, man. Um, and I can definitely see, you know, you know, the value in, building that yeah no it really it does have to run company deep um i know when i first got involved with you you were you were a huge help on the the sales side of my business and uh we exploded quick and you know we weren't delivering the quality that i wanted to deliver and the quality yeah. level that i was selling um so you know, we, I was always, I always stood against my word, but it, it ended up being, you know, we were in a customer's sure. house for an extra day. We had to redo something. Um, and, you know, the customers were always understanding because we always made it right. But we, we don't, yeah. we don't want to have to do yeah. that every single time. Um, so that, that level of sales and professionalism that I brought in the beginning uh, has slowly worked down. And, you know, that, that involves like every single person I hire has to be, someone that I wouldn't mind. You know, exactly. That's such a good a point. That's what I say all the time is like, if you're going to hire them, then you should feel just as comfortable if they came to your house to work. And that is exactly the standard. That is a good benchmark. Um, going back to the sales process and what you said about how maybe you were overselling in the beginning, totally fine because that's exactly what I did. <laughs> oversold i literally yep you know i you're selling you're selling for survival i mean essentially i had maybe two estimates a week in the beginning and anyone that would listen to me i made it sound like we were the best and slowly but surely after i did that sale i would be in the in the mud with my team my production trying to meet that standard and yes it did require going back a few times. And then as the processes got better, the more we did it, the more we refined, the more we looked at our mistakes and made them better. And then I attracted better talent because we had more work. And I was slowly able to match that level of, I would say, excitement and, you know, the, the selling. I was able to match the production with the sales. And then now I would say that, the sales are good, but the production has now exceeded the sale where now we're exceeding those expectations. Does that make sense? There's like these like three oh, yeah. no, stages that's... of business, you know, the beginning where you're kind of like faking it until you make it. And then you actually, you know, 
are able to meet that standard and now you're exceeding the expectations. And it's really cool to see it that way, but it is as a business owner, being able to balance both, um, you know, both areas, sales and production. And I think a lot of guys mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they, they, they have a hard time with that maybe because they're really deep in the production and not focused so much on the sales. I put something out. Um, it was like a post or something where I said the first thing, when it comes to a successful painting business is your team. And then the second thing is your sales process, because, you know, if you don't have a team, it's really hard to confidently sell, you know? So the guys that you have working for you, do you see them sticking around for a while? Are these people that you're encouraging to stay around to kind of build upon when things clear up and seasons back in, you know, in in full force? Yeah, I mean those are those are the people that I really try to keep close, and I I want to keep them busy. Um, you know, I ask them, you know, what they want, and uh, you know, some of my guys are are still on vacation um, from last year, and honestly, that's that's what they prefer. And the ones that I still have working, you know, they were like, you know, we got families to feed, and uh, I I keep them busy with whatever I can. You know, I'll, I'll throw them in the house, and I'll have they won't be doing painting, but yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll keep them busy with something. Yeah, so and that's that's the focus, man. So um, yeah, any last you know uh, tips, advice, you know, strategy for anyone listening to this that's kind of maybe in your position? I would say that you're in um, kind of just like with your painting business, you're more in like a limbo stage with the COVID-19, man, you're working it, you're, you're thinking of it, but you do know that maybe this is just a season and you're going to come out of it strong. Um, I like what you said about the focus about keeping your guys busy. What would you say to somebody that's in your same position, man, that's kind of thinking about, you know, how to come out of this strong and keeping their team motivated. Maybe that's not in a position to just throw them in a house uh, to work on that. They're flipping. What, what what kind of advice would you have for someone like that? Yeah. Well, first I would, you know, look at your team. Um, and, you know, the fact is that we, we probably are going to all end up taking a hit here and, and stuff is going to slow down. Um, so, you know, look at the team and see what key players you, you think you're like, you know, these are the guys that I, I want to build the business on that I can see running my teams and, and not really having too many problems. And, you know, those are the people that, you know, maybe you want to, Maybe you have to slim out the team. You know, none of us want to do that, but you want to make sure you're keeping those key players. Um, and then I, I was talking to you about this earlier this week, but, you know, that stimulus bill came into play. And, uh, you know, there is there's a lot of good things in there. So I'd, I'd say sure. talk to your accountant on that. Um, you know, they're, they're offering loans, and there's a potential that those loans will, will turn into grants, um, you know, possibly giving you free payroll money, um, Paid, pretty much paid unemployment for your guys um, part-time up to a week uh, full-time up to two weeks so you know the, the government's almost giving you some free money here so I would I would take a look at it and uh, you know if you can apply and get that great advice man be. always a pleasure talking with you Skyler appreciate you jumping on the podcast today man I'm sure it's gonna you know shed a lot of insight and help a lot of people listening all right man thanks Dan thanks for having me on Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at Contractor Coach, and I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. 
If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.